Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. I wanted to tickle your ears a little bit today because something huge, something unprecedented, something earth shattering. Well, maybe that's a lot, but to us, it feels earth shattering over here behind the scenes. Something huge is launching tomorrow. You want to know about this. It literally requires very little of you. We've made it so easy, but we want to make sure that you have this information. It matters. So make sure you're on our email list. So you're the first to know if you're not swipe up on the show notes, um, just subscribe to our blog or go over to our freebies page. Download something for free. That way you are first to know about this epic, groundbreaking news. Be the first to know. One of the biggest announcements we've ever made, and we don't want you to miss. That's all I have to say. That is my tease today. Tomorrow is the big day, so stay tuned. Have fun moving your body with me. It's a revving the word. Let's keep traveling through 1 Corinthians. Thanks, you guys. Talk soon. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Always good. It is who he is. And you were made good. Let's get back to that truth. God created you, called you good. You and him together, dynamists the Greek word for power. Just have a drink Two good things coming together Just take in the presence of a holy God. Keep me that it gets good things happen. So welcome. Today we will, let me look again. Let me see. I don't know if we have any pushes today. Yeah, we do. We have a few interval invitations. Come along if you want. Stay true to what you need. Don't stay stuck, though. If you've already made up your mind and your kind of arms are crossed and you're doing this begrudgingly, why don't you go ahead, press pause now, shake it off. This is a get-to. So God, thank you for this get-to. Thank you for our ability. Thank you, God, for the numerous, the infinite body mechanics, biology, psychology, physiology that is firing off inside of us. So we could be upright today. We're not lying down in a bed. We are upright. And even for my brothers and sisters who are legs don't work right now, you got some arms can pump, can work an erga cycle, maybe an arm bike, anything you can do. And if you, I mean this, I am absolutely convinced this is not for the able-bodied, but for the willing. Willing, what do you got? Blink your eyes, let the music calm the left side of your brain, the logical sometimes overthinking side. And just let the rhythm of grace overtake you. So God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we could 
for the creativity that we could apply it this way. And we could just get outside, put our face in the sun and go for a walk. And then all around us, creation cries out your goodness. We love you. We thank you for this time. As we dig into your word, read us. Rewrite our story according to your history. It is his story. God, it's your story. Make us right, upright with what you want to do through us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everyone, we're doing this. Never before, revving the word. We're going to do a whole book of the Bible. We're doing it. First Corinthians. We're in verse, we're in chapter seven now. Listen, I fear you might be just popping in. Go back and do the other previous six weeks. I mean, come on. This is a big deal. On a scale of one to 10, be a seven. It means you can move with your mouth. You can be closed for about three, four, maybe five breaths. Then you have to open it. So first Corinthians, remember, it's us. It's modern day free world. If you're free to worship God, you're probably in a Corinthian-like conundrum. People doing whatever they want, making provisions for the pleasures of their flesh, and slapping a little bumper sticker on top of it that says Christian. So today, this chapter 7, it is, Paul jumps into principles for marriage. Now, I'm not going not gonna to hang on marriage too much. We're going to talk about the roles that we're called to a little more in the middle of this chapter. But just know this, marriage, it's a thing. Also know this, in the fall, we have a marriage, a virtual marriage retreat coming for you. Accelerate, go. Push to an eight. So we care about marriage. Oh boy, do we care about marriage. Come on. So read 1 Corinthians 7. Everyone, I love, some of you said that you are reading the chapters before you're pressing play. That is amazing. So good. You clearly aren't on milk. You're not taking the bottle. You're moving, cutting into the word with a fork and a knife of your own. Good job. So just a high-level review. In 1 Corinthians 7, some people in Corinth, they are burning with lust. They're just living at the whims of their flesh. Pull back. They are burning with lust, while some are trying to stay pure. And Paul says, listen, if you are overtaken by the need to have sex, to have that intimate physical relationship with another of the opposite sex, it is better you marry than to burn with lust. Accelerate. Come on. But you don't know what's even better? Get ready, everyone. Get ready. It's going to blow your mind. It is even better than marriage. It says to be unmarried. 
verse 38, Paul later tells us. Listen, I'll read it to you now, what he says, so we can get marriage off the table here for a second. So then he who marries does well, and he who refrains from marriage will do even better. Pull back. Excel or hold a steady seven and a half comfortable work. You now have to have your mouth open to breathe, but you can breathe through your nose. He who marries does well, but he who refrains from it does even better. Why? Because let all the people, married people say, it's hard. It will get you caught in the things of this world. Women, emotional porn, fairy tales, love stories that we think the opposite sex and husband is going to fulfill. Not true. Men, perhaps physical porn, this need to be affirmed or confirmed physically. And we can use these as substitutes for being yoked to Christ. Because Isaiah 54, I love Isaiah. He says, and Isaiah the prophet says, your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. This is who we're married to. So for those of you who are single, celebrate. It's actually a gift. Singleness is a gift and I know. A lot of people say, easy for you to say, Lisa, you're married. But let me tell you from the married side, <laughs> it is trouble. You're now carrying two people's earthly, fleshly whims and trying to serve a holy God together. This is why, remember, life is not about sex, love, marriage and money. It's just not. But in Corinth, they're making it about that. And in today's world, so are we. Let us all repent now. Let us all repent and get back. What is the point of being a Christian, of following Christ, so that he would answer all of our hopes, dreams, and prayers, or that our hopes, dreams, and prayers would roll up into him. We know that we are satisfied because he's made a way, he is the truth, and he is life. In him is fullness of joy. John 10, 10, and he came so we would have fullness of life. Repent from trying to make someone else having someone or your spouse being your God. Now, for those of you who are troubled in your marriage, I really am asking you, please go read 
1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 16. And take courage. For those of you that are unequally yoked, you're married to an unbeliever, take heart. One, so was I. Not only an unbeliever, but an atheist. As this ministry was taken off, my agnostic husband, kind of a whatever you want, God, no God, that's what agnostic means, go either way, turned atheist. There is no God. And that is just spiritual warfare, everyone. See the enemy as the enemy. Your husband, your spouse, your coworker, your friend, your kid is not the enemy. The enemy's the enemy. And I love, I used to worry so much about God. What about my kids? What are you doing in this unequally yoked marriage? Verse 14, there's a grace for all of us. It says the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise their children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. Now what this means is holy means they are cleansed from the defilement of the world. Don't worry. Last thing I want to say about marriage and children. Gloria Copeland quote, fear for our children is the beginning of their destruction. If you parent from fear, you are building your house on something that cannot last. It will wipe you out and them out. If you are loving your husband out of fear or withholding love for your spouse out of fear, you are building something on sand that will get washed out. Worship Christ. Love the hell out of them. Be unoffendable. All right, now we jump into our verse today. Starting at verse 17, live as you are called. Paul says this, let the words come alive in your mind. See him, see Paul talking to you right now in the first century. Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bondservant when called? Don't be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, of course, avail yourself to that opportunity. Verse 22, for he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You are bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there, let him remain with God. This is the word of the Lord.
Well done. Be an eight. Be an eight. Our main message today, my main message today. Ready? Come as you are to Christ. In the role you have, don't try to change your external conditions now that your internal nature is changing. This is an inside-out job. Don't worry about your social status. The role you play in the world, Paul's saying, keep doing that. See, here in Corinth, they were trying to move up the ladder. Pride was trying to push them. They're on the surface trying to look more holy, more pious, do the right things, but in their heart, far from God. Accelerate, go to a nine, not for very long, 10 seconds. Five seconds. Pull back. Eight. You were called in the role you play. We're ta- not talking about, listen, God's going to get to work on your internal, the nature, your character. Let him get to work there. Your pride. This is where religion takes over. We get saved, and then we quickly think, I got to get to work. Accelerate. As you accelerate, make it a statement to your brain and your body that you don't need to change a thing, that your circumstances do not need to change in order for you to enjoy the Lord, enjoy Him, glorify Him, know Him. Remain with God. Remain with Him. Pull back. The whole point, our pride, our pride, we will think, you know, I could build this for God, I could do this for God. The commentary says, a commentary on expositors on this whole passage that I've just read to you. Becoming a Christian does not mean revamping one's social status. Come on, preach that to Instagram. No need to revamp your social status, accelerate. Four, three, two, come on back, seven. Now here's what's crazy. You guys, I know this passage. I have lived this passage. Nice, steady, comfortable, being uncomfortable, pace. Have fun. Lift the corners of your mouth. Come on. 
God sees you. Remain with him. You don't need to prove anything to anyone. Definitely not yourself. Now it's interesting. I know these two paths. I know 1 Corinthians 7 because 1 through 16, that was my life. I read this passage so many times. Married to a man who was not giving me what I wanted because I thought marriage would heal me. The love of a man, the covenant, the committed love of a man, that it would fix me. It was an idol. And in God's kindness, he wouldn't give it to me because my husband is my maker. But see, here's the deal. Man, no one taught me this. This is why I'm so passionate about be a discipler, be a leader, be taught and then teach. Other people need to hear what you have to say. I needed someone to say to me, listen, your maker's your husband. And actually there was one moment I was in so much pain over my marriage. My unbelieving husband who did not feel holy at all. Our marriage was a wreck. One day I was teaching a class, teaching a class, and I was falling apart. Right? I was doing everything on the outside. I had this role on the outside, but inside I was a wreck. And one lady in the church came to me after class. I think she might have pulled me out of class. Gave me a great, big, sweaty cleavage hug. Wrapped me in her arms. I didn't even know her. Complete stranger. An angel of the Lord, if you ask me. And she spoke these words over me of Isaiah 54. Your maker is your husband. Your maker is your wife. The creator of heaven and earth. And it changed me. It was one discipled moment that I needed. And it put my heart back in the right place. I am married to nothing. No one of this world. I belong to Christ. And because of that, my husband, my children, they're being washed and sanctified and made ready. What am I worried about? But see, I didn't have that. And in my pain and my search for love that wasn't being found, but I found Christ. Guess what I did next? I got to work for Christ really fast. My heartbreak had me running to God. And instead of learning to worship him in the role I was in, I turned in to the elder brother. And I got to work because it was something I could control. Y'all, that's what Paul's going, listen, you all are trying to change something that doesn't need to be changed. Hear me. I was called, but I devoted a lot of my energy to my external conditions being changed more than my internal nature. And this is where I needed discipleship. I, I needed someone to give me rev. So instead, we made rev someone to say let's feel these feelings <laughs> let's not try and shoo the pain away let's recognize it let's go ahead 
Let's see it for what it is. Let's be more curious about it. You don't have to change anything on the outside. Remain in the condition, in the role in which you were called. By the way, when Paul says that, each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. He's not saying your character or your nature. In the role you've been called to. If you're a wife, stay a wife. If you work, get this, if you work for a swindling company, you stay there. You serve the Nebuchadnezzars and you pray, God, if you want me out of here, you make a door. But while I am here, I know that you have chosen me to be here as a bond servant to you and a free man in this place. Live as you are called. Don't try to jump ship, jump, change your status quickly. Remain as you were called and get deep. Go deep into the Lord. Spirit, soul, heart, mind, and body. Work in those places. Work out that role. The role of your spirit, your soul, your heart, mind, and body. Everything else, external. Accelerate. back for neither circumcision counts for anything more uncircumcision neither being the pastor of the church or the janitor of the church doesn't count what counts is keeping the commandments of God going to go quiet. I want you to see yourself content in the circumstances you're in, in the roles that you play. Holy Spirit, give us a vision for where we are called, what it looks like to remain there and not to strive for a greater social status. Accelerate. good. This is authentic Christ life living. You are content. You don't need to change anything. And remember, the gift of singleness. What a gift. Celebrate it. Come on. Come on. Make Christ the most beautiful thing, everyone. He's the point. He's the goal. His commandments 
his words being fleshed out through you. Remain as you are. Remain. Shake it off. Pull back. Come on. Verse 20. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Now, some of you might be saying, well, Lisa, does that mean I'm never called? No. You'll be called. My mistake. I was called. My mistake was pushing more into trying to create something, make something take off. And you guys, guess what? First four or five years of this ministry, frustrating. Just about did me in. And I had to do a do-over, complete do-over, where nothing, externally, everything could burn down. I did not care. But if God didn't come and do a work in me, <laughs> then I was doomed. So remain in the condition. Let me rephrase that. It's remain in the role you play in the world. Just be there. Don't try to get, gain something of the world and lose your soul. He loves you too much. Fully recover. A couple life. songs. You are loved. You Say this verse life. with me. Verse 20, each one should remain in the condition, in the role in which he was called. Another story for you. This reminds me of our, our uh, executive director of administration. Her name is Fran. Very highly successful woman in the world in the wellness world making lots of money lots of money starts to feel the call of God that there was more because we all know money just won't satisfy at some point it's worn off it's like trinkets and toys and souvenirs I am not still playing with the souvenir my parents bought me from Disneyland in 1981. It was nice in the moment, but it had no staying power. I've changed, I've grown, time has changed. Things change around me. So Fran was growing weary, had a lot of money, comes away to instructor training because she felt the call of God just come does God want to say about my health and body and my heartbeat my ability and she went through training and it wrecked her why because it's not about the fitness it's a vehicle to get his breath in our lungs truly that's all to embody it to not just become an observer of our faith, a spectator, but to get in our skin and get in the game. The one we were made for. Obeying the commands of God and making him famous on the earth. His glory to be known. 
And so Fran came to me and asked me, what should I do? I'm wrecked. I, I have this role that I play in this company. And I make a lot of money and, you know, there's some nice people there and I play an important role. But man, I'm being wrecked by the Lord. What should I do? She was ready to just walk away from all of it and build a ministry or do something, take a 180. Listen to me. Take a 180 in your soul. Don't delay. 180 about face. I want you to see your soul turn towards God. But your body, the role that you play, stay where you are. You have a purpose there. You have a purpose. So Fran asked me, what should I do? And I remember she was asking me, I was asking the Lord. This is the first time I felt like a rich young ruler was coming to me. What do I say, God? And I remember praying as she spoke because I knew where she was going. And out of my mouth came these words. Stay where you are. And I didn't even have the scripture to back it until now. Stay where you are. Get back in there. Be Christ in action, in deed, in body. Be Christ. And then give your aches and pains to the Lord. If he wants you out, he'll make a way. If he wants to change that role, he'll make a way. He's God, everyone. Who do we think we are? Rushing his timeline. Just stay. Just stay. You guys, I was so disconnected from myself when I fell in love with the Lord that I just ran after him. And I neglected some things. But it was in my, my trauma, my pain, my disappointment, my hurt of having an unmarried marriage. And I tried to compensate and find it somewhere else. And it was costly. Y'all, it's costly. Don't get ahead of the Lord. Be content where you are. The status, the role you play. It's a pride play. It's just a pride play. Trying to change our status when Christ's blood bought us, changed us. So here's my advice to everyone. In the role you play, stay where you are. If you're married, stay married. If you're unmarried, stay unmarried. God, let God open a door. If you go seeking and knocking on doors in desperation, not be, go ahead on the light. If you do it in desperation, you will make crooked covenants. Stay where you are and get to work on rebuilding your temple. Rebuild your temple, your inner nature, character. 
this is why we need instructors. This is why I need some disciples. I need some students to teach because people need to figure out how to rebuild their temple. Not just know that their body is a temple, but rebuild it. How to rebuild it. Want you to see that your outer self can stay right where it is. You can be in the eye of the storm, in the center of corruption. And rebuild your temple. Listen, but here's one thing. If there's sexual immorality going on, the Bible's clear. Flee. If you're being held against your will, against your body, or, or holding others, get out of there fast. Flee. And rebuild the temple. Your spirit. Your soul. Your spirit is the place that you connect with God. It's the reason you're here right now. You're being moved by the spirit, not by Elisa. My spirit in me is talking to the spirit in you. It's the place that knows God. Yeah. Hear this song? Like, just talk to Jesus all the time. Y'all, we need to redirect our talk. We're talking on Facebook. We're talking in socials. We're talking all over the place. Spilling out all over the place. <laughs> Your spirit. It's like your receiver goes up. Where's God? What's he doing? What's he saying? I want to be where he is. I want to obey his commands. I want to please his heart. That's what the spirit in you wants. Now your soul. It's a little more wonky. It has a lot of desires. Your soul. Everyone has a soul. Your soul is the soldier that has walked with you through the war zones of your life. And it has received information. The soul has received information. And it has assigned that to your heart and your mind, your emotions and your thoughts. Our soul, without the Spirit of God, will take our thoughts and our feelings and make it about ourselves, pride. That's why humility allows us to get back. The Spirit takes lordship. And then finally, to build your temple, your body. Pay attention to your body language. What do you say? What do you do? How do you hold yourself in the role you play? We started talking to Jesus. Come on. We started talking to Jesus. Come on. Spirit, soul. We started heart, mind, body. Work on that. Spirit, soul, heart, mind, body. Let God change that in you. And then all your external roles you play. 
mom, husband, churchgoer, co-worker, student, uh-huh. Whatever you choose to do as a vocation, it will flow out of there. This is what we do at Revelation Wellness. Spirit, soul, heart, mind, body. Spirit, soul, heart, mind, body. Get in alignment with God. The body, it is talking. If you have been called to a role and you're like, I just want to get out of this role. I hate this job. I hate these coworkers. This place is toxic. Everyone. Work on your temple. God is looking for salt and light in that place. You have been called. Reminds me of when I wasn't walking with Christ. I believed in him, but I wasn't walking with him. One of the personal trainers in my gym, her name is Sean. She was a party animal, coming in every day, smelling like the night before, really loud, laughing. Everyone loved Sean. Sean was a good time. And I'm the new kid on the block. Thinking, well, I guess that's how we do it in this town. You got to get in with a party crowd. This is pre-Jesus. And then one day, Sean walks into her role as a personal trainer. She was different. She was rested. Her eyes were bright. Her skin was glowing. She was smiling. She wasn't as body and boisterous anymore. She, she wasn't trying to prove anything. And I noticed the change in her. Man, the Holy Spirit was moving in her. And then she comes up to me one day and says, Elisa, do you know Jesus? Come on. Those five words changed my life. Elisa, do you know Jesus? And I said, yeah. She said, great, you should come to church with me. Yeah. He was calling me through Sean through the role that she played in my life. Come on, the world is making, God is making his appeal to the world through us. And I saw evidence of change in Sean, and it stayed with me. And her seed, listen, I already had the seed of faith. My parents planted in me long, long ago, but it wasn't watered by anyone. And in fact, all the storms I had been walking through were germinating that seed. And it wasn't until Sean, in the role that she played, made a move, a bold move, to use her body, her mouth, her heart, her mind, her soul, and her spirit to invite. And it is because of that moment that my receiver was ready that we are here today. So Jesus, thank you. Take this message. Make us content to where you've called us. And not just content, but empowered. God, that we're not just trying to get by, bite our lip, buy some time. That time is of the essence that you are at work right now through us in every world we're played to. We throw off the sin of this world that tells us 
we should have a platform we should have a following we should have a ministry we should make a difference we should 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 in Jesus name we break up with the shoulding on us in Jesus name amen